BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 14 of Hashtag No Filter. Now, today is my first solo episode. So that means you are going to hear me talking for the next some odd minutes. No one's going to be asking me questions. I'm not going to be asking anyone questions. It's just going to be me. (laughs) The reason I've decided to do a solo episode today is because a topic I want to talk about uh, I thought would be best suited for just me talking about it uh, versus having someone ask questions or kind of chopping up the conversation. I just thought it would make the most sense this way. And the topic is, drum roll please, flying. In particular, my fear of flying. So what inspired this episode uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe, um, an old friend of mine texted me that she was kind of freaking out about getting on the airplane. And I didn't even know she had a fear of flying. Uh, I had no idea. And, um, you know, it's not like she and I talk every day or often at all. But I think because I've been so vocal about my fear of flying and my whole issue surrounding it, and I've been very outspoken about it, you know, whether on my blog or Instagram or whatever it might be, my Insta stories, uh, she felt inclined to reach out to me, which, which I loved. Um, but that's what inspired this episode. And so we texted back and forth a little bit before the flight. And then once she was on the plane and then when she landed, she like sent me a picture that she made it. That's kind of what inspired this because like I said, I had no idea that she had a fear of flying and I would venture to say that most of you don't realize how many people, you know, that have a fear of flying because most people aren't outspoken about it and vocal about it. Um, for whatever the reason may be. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about kind of where my fear of flying started, even though I can't really pinpoint it, but to the best that I can, uh, what I do when I fly, what I have done to try to help that fear, uh, the current situation for me right now in terms of flying, how it's affected my family and my friends, um, and anything else that comes to mind. So I just thought this could be hopefully a helpful episode for people who are who have a fear of flying or maybe have a fear of something else. So hopefully this episode will uh, resonate with many. And even if you don't have a fear of flying and you think it's hysterical when people do because you can't even fathom that because you don't mind flying at all or because you love flying, which there are people like that that I know who just like don't, they can't wrap their head around it understood if you don't want to listen to it, but I would urge you to maybe send this along to someone you know who doesn't enjoy flying so much. 
um, or maybe someone you know who knows someone because more, more people than we all think have a fear of flying. In fact, according to some recent articles I read, as many as 25% of the current population has a fear of flying. You know, it's it's common. Um, and the thing with fears is that obviously it's not rational, it's not logical. Uh, you can't really control it and um, it can really affect you. It can really be detrimental to your relationships, to a variety of things. Um, and when I say fear of flying, that could mean something different for everybody, of course. So mine specifically is a, is the turbulence part of it. I don't really think so much about the takeoff and landing. I mean, uh, during the takeoff, I am anxious just because I'm, I'm kind of anticipating the turbulence that could come. But aside from that, like I'm not, I'm so excited to land that when we're landing, even if it's bumpy and I hate it, I just want to get on the fucking ground. Like just get me on land. Um, but it's really the turbulence for me. It's not claustrophobia. It's not thinking that like one of the wings is going to like fall apart or an engine's going to fail. Like those aren't things that really go through my mind. But when, in, when I say fear of flying, that means something different to everyone. So some people don't really care about the turbulence, but it's the claustrophobia or some people are think that a wing might like come apart from the plane. I don't know. So it means something different to everyone. So let's get into it. All right. I don't want this to be like too, too long, but, um, anyway, here we go. So in terms of when my fear of flying started, like I said, I can't really pinpoint it. Um, I've flown for as long as I can rem- remember since I was a little girl. Uh, as I've said before in the episode with Marla a couple weeks ago, I've moved 11 times. So I have friends and family and um, obligations all over. So I am, I've, I've flown tons of times all over the place. I've flown overseas. So what I can sort of remember is a flight to Colorado, which was, oh gosh, maybe like it was during college. It was maybe, um, 12, 14 years. Oh God, it was so long ago, but over 10 years ago. And I specifically remember landing in Colorado and granted any time you fly into Colorado or anywhere with mountains, you're likely going to have bumps, just the nature of the beast. But it was really fucking bumpy. Like I remember the plane dropping like what felt like hundreds of feet. I mean, everything was fine. It was all fine. But for me, I just remember it dropping significantly and grabbing this stranger's hand next to me and kind of freaking the fuck out. But I flown so many times since then. Um, so I don't think that was it because I remember flying tons since I was in a long distance relationship, flying back and forth during that. Um, my anxiety, my situation with anxiety started when I was living in Boston or as I was moving to Boston. And then it really got a lot worse in Boston. So I kind of think during that it, it, maybe it happened around then. Um, but not like not it probably, I don't know, a few years ago, once then I moved to Houston, which was about six years ago now, that's when it got really bad, like really, really bad. So again, I can't exactly pinpoint it, but my whole fear that I've kind of figured out is that I don't like being somewhere I can't get out of if I wanted to. When you're on an airplane, when that cabin door shuts, obviously you're kind of stuck. Um, I know it's a it's a lack of control. I, I've, I've talked to therapists about this. I kind of know all that, but I really think it's get being somewhere you can't get out of if you want to. Um, for a period of time, I was so fearful of having a panic attack or an anxiety attack before I went on my medication for it, that I would anticipate what if I got an anxiety attack. So what if I got an anxiety attack while on the airplane that I can't get off of if I wanted to, you know, that would just make it worse. I don't know. I'm thinking this is kind of what happened um, for part of it. Like I remember when I lived in New York City, I, I 
took the subway here and there, but I really didn't like it. And it wasn't because it was dirty. It wasn't a safety thing. Like I didn't think about any of that. It was more um, being somewhere that you can't get out of if I wanted to. Granted, I know the subway technically stops at every, you know, few minutes, but it was just something about it. I boat all the time. I drive all the time. I've driven long road trips on my own, uh, relatively speaking, long road trips, but um, I've been on a million trains. I would take a train any day over a plane. And yes, I know all of these modes of transportation that I just said are significantly less safe than an airplane. Totally know that. But as we also know, uh, fears aren't rational. So um, yeah, I, I, it's crazy. And so, you know, like when I'm in my car, I, I could stop if I wanted, I could get out of the car if I wanted, um, on a train. No, technically I can't just like jump off the train, but something psychologically, they could alert the conductor if I really needed to get off, you know, it, things that it might sound crazy, but that's kind of what I, I thought about. And I mean, just being 35,000 feet up in the air in a metal tube. I mean, like it just, it's not, it's not my, my joy, but when it is a smooth ride and I'm drinking my wine, I mean, it's great. I, yeah, it's great. But when there's turbulence, you do not want to know me. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so that's kind of where I think it all, um, came about. Again, I don't know that might not even all make sense, but that's all I can really think about and, and sort of, uh, put my fingers on. So now in terms of, um, how it's affected my friends, my family, uh, and so forth and so on. Yeah, it's been rough, uh, so to speak. I mean, of course, you know, close friends and family, of course, understands. Um, and it's not that I ever have wanted or want sympathy for it at all or like or pity. I don't want any of that, please. No, no, no. But, um, you know, I've had to miss uh, several important functions um, as the fear got really bad. Like I said, a few years, like when I was moved to Houston, I've missed a couple of friends' weddings. I've missed a few bachelorette parties of Dear friends, I've missed um, a couple family functions. I've missed um, just random trips that I might have had planned, and it sucked. It is like it's terrible. I mean, not only my the the main thing for me was I'm letting down someone I love and care about. and I, I just feel it's kind of you feel icky. You just feel like shit, actually. Um, not only are you missing out on this like fun, joyous occasion for someone you care about and love, but you're also you almost feel like or at least I felt kind of like um, like small. I felt like um, like a little like a little kid that couldn't, you know, uh, like, oh, she's scared of flying. She can't come. Like, it sounds so ridiculous. Like I, I missed some of these things because I couldn't get on the airplane. I mean, it, it's just, it's a crazy thing, but I, you know, I, I had to listen to my body and listen to, to my gut. And um, there have been two instances where I've been on a plane and I've gotten off the plane uh, seconds before the cabin door was shut. One of the times the cabin door was shutting <laughs> and um, I got off. I just, I couldn't do it. My, my uh, emotions and my illogical side of the brain took over. Um, and then another time it was because I was talking to the pilots, which I'll get to. And he basically told me it's going to be really bad flight, you know, moderate to severe turbulence. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Like the stress that it would put on my body to sit through that, even just anticipating it, I just didn't think was worth it. Um, so I got off the plane, but 
Otherwise, there most of the time when I was this was really bad, I would just not go, and um, I didn't necessarily know it, that, that that it was going to happen that I wasn't going to be able to fly. So I would commit, I would RCP yes, I would say I'm coming, I'd be super pumped, I'd even pack most of the times, and it would be like the night before, the morning of, and I, I just couldn't do it. Like something wasn't allowing me to do it. It's terrible. I felt awful, awful, awful. Um, but again, good friends. Uh, understand, um, may not be thrilled in that moment, but you know, they understand and it's fine. And family, you know, understands most people come around, but I will say I have, um, I wouldn't say lost friends over it, but I've definitely, um, unfortunately, very sad to say that there are some friends that we are just not as close. And that could be a mixture of things, living in different cities or, um, different things that have gone, you know, just normal friendships changing. But, you know, when you don't show up to a friend's, you know, very important function, and especially if it's at the last minute, yeah, I mean, I get it. So, so in terms of how it's affected my friends and family, I mean, again, I don't want it to make it sound like, oh my God, like people went crazy over this. No, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of, it's shitty that it, it's a shitty situation. It just is. Um, I can tell you numerous times, more often than not, when I have a flight, I'm going somewhere that I could, we could technically drive to. I will a couple days before, a week before, start plotting in my head, like, okay, wait, maybe we could drive. So let me think. If we leave this day, we could get there this day. Again, more recently, I've been flying and it's been fine, but that was part of it. My family, you can ask them, uh, my immediate family, when we have trips until that cabin door shut, they are not convinced I'm necessarily always coming. They, I'm, it's just, it's, um, I've done plenty of road trips. Uh, a lot of road trips. Yeah. And I've, I've done train trips and everything. So my point is, is that, um, it doesn't just affect the person who has the fear. Uh, it affects people around them and it's, it's hard. It's hard dealing with that. And, and, and especially, you know, you feel bad. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of in terms of how it might affect others. And then in terms of where I am currently with flying, so I am flying. I, there was a flight to Colorado this, um, a couple months ago and I, not a couple months ago, like a month ago. And I, that was the one that I was talking about that I got off because the pilot said it was going to be like severe turbulence. And I, I still went, I flew myself the next day or two days later. Um, cause there were some like big storms passing through. I know this might sound crazy to some of you, but if I am able, if I have the flexibility, you know, if I'm able to switch a flight because of severe weather and I'm not just talking like rain or whatever, but what might be severe, then I'm going to. And guarantee you, a lot of you who knew I was in Colorado, which I was in Colorado, but I did go a day late, um, day and a half late, whatever. Um, you're probably like, huh? You didn't you didn't fly that one that first? Yeah, no, because I'm not gonna make a thing of it right in that moment when it's like, you know, my family then is like sad that I'm not there right when I said I was gonna be. And granted, I got there a day and a half later and it was an amazing trip. So I am flying now. Um, I have a shit ton of flights this year. I've already had a few. Um, and you know, I'm doing it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. You know, I'm doing it. And I, and I, and I know the more you do, you know, the more I do it, I guess the closer together my trips are, it's better, even though I don't like that. But anyway, so I am flying. But like I said, there was a period of time where I wasn't flying, where I would really hesitate booking flights. Now, if the, if you're thinking, okay, well, have you done anything to try to, to try to, um, alleviate this fear, to try to help this fear? Yes. I've taken fear flying courses. It was three different like lecture, not lecture, um, three different classroom courses. And it was a private class, um, just with just my mom and I, 
And then I did a simulator where they simulate turbulence. Um, I've done that and I still am in touch with my instructor. They were both pilots. One's a commercial pilot currently for an airline and the other one um, used to be a pilot. Um, you know, and, and they, they were, they were great. I, before that Colorado flight, I was emailing both of them, uh, asking them questions and, uh, and I still am in touch with them. So yeah, I did take that course. I will say, I think that course could be extremely beneficial for certain people. Um, and I'm really glad I did it because I learned everything there is to know about a plane and the simulator was really interesting. Um, but the pro- not the problem, but with my fear is I know all the facts. I know about a plane, the wings. I know, I know that a plane is built to work. I know all that. And I know that if like, God forbid, all the engines go out, like you can glide in, but like, I don't want to be on a fucking plane. That's like gliding into the runway. Like it literally sounds like the worst thing in the world. I don't want to be on that plane. So yes, I know all the facts, but it doesn't matter because the fear is a fear. And my fear is not so much again, like the wing is going to fall off. It's more the turbulence. And yes, they can explain to me why there's turbulence about aerodynamics and, um, fronts coming through and all the reasons there might be turbulence. But at the end of the day, I still hate it. It doesn't matter. I know it's safe. I understand that turbulence is not the reason a plane will crash. I understand uh, all of that about turbulence, but it's just the most intense discomfort that I just hate, that I, I absolutely hate. And, um, you know, so yes, I'm glad I did the fear of flying course. I would recommend it, um, to, I guess, to most people, but um, it kind of just depends what your, what your fear of flying specifically is about. I would definitely give it a try. There are a ton of books out there that um, are on fear of flying. But anyway, so I went to, I did the course, I did the simulator. I went to a psychiatrist who specialized in this fear of flying. Um, I only went to him a couple of times. And then I've been on Zoloft for, I think it's been like five years now, four or five years now where I take Zoloft daily to help with just like anxiety overall. So, I mean, I I guess you could say that sort of helped um, with the flying, but um, because it's so situational, you know, I don't, aside from that, I don't take like Xanax to fly. I don't take, um, you know, I know a lot of people take all that stuff and it helps, but, but leading me to my next, the next topic, what I do now when I fly. So I, once I get to the airport and (laughs) once I, um, am doesn't matter what time of day, I will drink wine. Um, I'm not going to say you should drink wine because I feel like there's probably a liability issue there if I tell you that, but for me, wine works. So I drink wine. Uh, I talk to the pilots every time I I fly. I've been doing this for few years now. Every time I fly, I will talk to the pilots. So I will get on the plane. I will put my stuff down, whatever. I will go back up to the front and I will say to the, one of the flight attendants, hi, I'm a really bad flyer. And it always helps me to talk to the pilots before I fly. Can I go do that? They've always said yes. The one time they said no was because there was, um, I can't remember the exact reason, but there was someone in there talking to them about something. It, they're just like, the time didn't work, but it, it's very rare. Like every single time I, I've done it, they talk to me. 
So I get in there, 98% of the time, the pilots are super, super fucking nice. Like so, so nice. I want to be their friends. Very rarely are they like kind of standoffish. Even if they are standoffish, they're still going to talk to you. And it still makes me feel better. But when they're really sweet, it's fun. Like they'll joke around with me. Um, you know, they'll tell me about their kids and their life and their family and how this is their job. And they'll be like, you know, do you get do you get scared when you go to your computer every day to, to write and work, you know, for your jobs? And I was like, no. And they were like, well, why do you think we get scared? This is our job. We do it every day. And they just say a lot of things that are very calming. They'll typically show me because my whole thing is turbulence. So I'll tell them I've looked at the radar. I know there's going to be a storm here. Does that mean there's turbulence here? Are we going to fly around it? Da, da, da. And they'll usually show me kind of where their flight plan is, or the flight plan is on the iPad or whatever. And they'll show me where the turbulence is expected to be as of that moment. Of course it can change. And of course there's clear air turbulence that happens, but they will literally show me on a map. We're expecting turbulence. Like most recently the flight to Mexico when we went to Tulum, um, they were like, okay, there's gonna be just a little turbulence uh, getting out over the Gulf for about 30 minutes. And then um, it should be a pretty smooth ride in. Granted, there was a little unexpected turbulence on that flight because a front came through all of a sudden, or I don't know. But anyway, it's nice to hear from them. Um, and again, they'll show, you know, they'll talk for a few minutes. They'll, they'll make some jokes. They'll be, but they're very sweet and understanding. And um, anyway, so I always talk to the pilots. And then already the flight attendant knows I'm kind of nervous flyer because I've said that. So it's clear to the team up front <laughs> that I'm a bad flyer. So for me, reading and listening to music doesn't really help. If I've had wine before the flight, which again, typically I do, sometimes I'll just wait till I'm on the flight, depending if I'm rushing or whatever. But if I've had wine before the flight and I'm already a little relaxed, I will um, turn on music and try to fall asleep because in a perfect world, I would just sleep the whole flight, but that has never happened in 32 years. I don't think of, I think I've, I've definitely napped on flights, but I've never been the person who can just sleep the whole flight, but gosh, I wish I could. But anyway, so I'll try to fall asleep, whatever. Then I'll get up, you know, once we're in the air, whatever, um, and not get up, but just open my eyes. And again, reading does not help. It does not take my mind off it. Um, music solely music doesn't really help. If I have like a riveting movie I can watch on Netflix or there's one on the plane or whatever, I'll watch that. But if it's a movie I've seen a million times and I know it's going to happen. It doesn't really require my focus and that doesn't help me. Certain work helps, like doing certain types of my work helps. Um, Like I had to edit a podcast on one of the recent flights and it was the fastest, greatest flight ever because I was so focused on it because I had to, you know, listen and I had to cut and edit things and do things and it really required my attention. So that was helpful. I, I try to find things that I know will help me um, or not help me, that I know will be a good distraction. Again, reading doesn't do it for me. Um, what I love is talking to my seatmates, um, depending on who it is. Sometimes they're not so friendly, but typically they'll talk to you, especially if you explain that you're a bad flyer. So usually I don't say that up front unless I can sense that they're in the mood to talk. Like I will talk to them from the get go, not to annoy them, but like if they're trying to have a conversation and you can tell that they want to, that, that, they want to have a conversation, then I will. Um, otherwise, if it gets really turbulent and I'm starting to lose it, I will um, I will say, I'm so sorry. Can I talk to you? It helps me to be distracted. Like, it's crazy. It sounds crazy. But, but people like seeing that vulnerability. And very rarely, I don't know if ever I've had like a rude person. Like, I might prejudge that, oh, they don't seem very nice. They're not really smiling. But then in that moment... This happened on the way to Mexico. I thought this guy was a fucking asshole. Um, I really did. And then the turbulence got, that front came through or whatever. And there was really bad turbulence for a few minutes. And I turned to him and I'm like, um, hi, I know you probably don't want to talk to me. He had like headphones in, <laughs> literally. And he's like, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, I'm a really bad flyer. Um, 
And I just will you talk to me for a minute? Why, why are you from Houston? Are you flying to Mexico for what? A wedding? Like I was just talking to him and then he was the nicest guy. Um, such a nice guy. Funny. He was like chatting with me. We, I was drinking. I mean, it was, he was totally such a good distraction. And, um, but yeah, I know that sounds crazy. It sounds great. It's totally crazy, but you know what? You do what you got to do. And he was really nice. And I wasn't, it, he didn't mind. I would never mind if someone did that to me, but I've also I'm a fearful flyer. So it's different, but still he was not a fearful flyer and he was, it was great. Sometimes I will, although I know this isn't the greatest thing to do, but sometimes I'll like, if the person next to me sleeping or I can't talk to anyone and it gets really bad, I will click the flight attendant button and they come by and I'm just like, Hey, do you know how long this is going to be? I'm kind of freaking out. And they might say no, they might say yes. Sometimes they'll say, you know, I'm not sure. Let me call up to the pilot and see. Sometimes they're kind of rude, but, um, but I try. So anyway, it's just these little things that might help in the moment. Um, another thing that my fear of flying guy um, told me, if you move around in your seat while there's turbulence, you literally might look like a, like a lunatic. But if you move around in your seat, you can't really tell the difference between the turbulence and you moving around. That can be helpful. I don't necessarily move around my seat, but I'll like shake my leg really fast sometimes. And it does help because you really can't really tell the difference, like what is, what is shaking. <laughs> and I'm trying to think what else. I mean, of course, you know, the heavy breathing sometimes I'll do, I'll take a few deep breaths and, you know, just so I don't like hyperventilate, but you know, again, a fear is a fear. It does, you know, I could tell you all these things and then some, and when you're in the thick of it, when you're in that moment of, really bad turbulence, or if you don't like the takeoffs during the takeoff, nothing. I mean, for me, all that shit goes out the window and I'm just, I'm just in this like, and then my fear, my, my starting the, the anxiety like feeds itself. So like I'll start kind of minorly freaking out and then it turns into a major freak out because I'm, 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 it's like you're fueling the fire. So, I mean, anyway, it's, it is what it is. And I've kind of, um, I kind of think it's just going to be something I'm gonna have to deal with, you know, for the rest of time. <laughs> well, maybe not though, because I didn't have this fear for, you know, forever and it came later. So maybe it's like an allergy, <laughs> like it'll come and go. I don't fucking know. But anyway, so that's kind of what I do. And that's the current where I am currently with flying. So I will fly, I will book flights and I'll deal with it. Um, that's where I'm currently. I can't say that's how it's going to be forever. Uh, next year, I really don't want it and I hope not, but it could go back to how it was before where I just like, I, where I just can't fly sometimes, but I'm going to think positively and I'm going to say it's, you know, I'm just, I fly. I don't like it. You know, I'm never going to want to like be in a job where I have to fly like every week because that wouldn't be good for me. I do know friends that fly every week or every other week and they love it. I please. When I know, so I have friends that love flying, like prefer to be in the air. Like they're so productive up there and it's great. And da I, it's just as much as you, you may be listening don't have that fear and you can't understand how I could be fearful. I, I I like can't wrap my head around how another person like doesn't think twice. So it is what it is. It's, you know, fears again, aren't, they're not rational. I, you know, I went in my logical mind, like as I'm talking right now, I know, I know all this stuff, but that's also because I'm not like getting on an airplane today. If I was on an airplane right now talking to you, I'm not sure. Ah, not a bad idea. Maybe I should do like a podcast in the air. I actually thought it would be fun if I, because I talked to my seatmates so much, that it would be fun if I like did a podcast with them while flying, but I'm, I'm just not sure like acoustics and audio would all work. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Okay, so that's kind of the situation. So I guess I'm not, I certainly 
am never going to be a therapist <laughs> on, um, I'm never going to be like a fear flying therapist because clearly I still suck at flying. So I, what I could say would not necessarily, um, help from like a, <laughs> like a therapy standpoint, but I am just a normal girl who hates flying. And I know there are a lot of me out there, a lot of guys and girls that are fearful of flying and, and could be even worse off, not worse off, but people that are even more scared than I am about flying. So I'm hoping that this little episode is um, helpful to you or helpful to someone you know. Again, I am not a good flyer, so by no means or by no stretch of the imagination am I trying to be like like in a therapy role right now because no, I'm definitely not a therapist. I have a therapist. I could recommend one to you. <laughs> um but I'm just kind of speaking from a very real place. As you know, literally the name of my podcast is hashtag no filter. And if you know me at all, you know, I'm pretty much an open book. I don't really see the purpose of being quiet about this stuff. I think these conversations should be had. I think they can help people. I think, um, I'm, I'm all about, you know, being an open book and vulnerability. And it's not always the easiest thing to talk about because you might be embarrassed. I'm sure there's a whole lot of shame surrounding it for many. And it's like, why me or woe is me? And, and it, it, embarrassing. It's kind of, it can be embarrassing, but, um, there's no need to be embarrassed by it because we can't necessarily control our fears. We certainly can seek ways, whether through therapy or reading certain books or, taking courses that might help, um, those fears, but it, it is, it is what it is. And a fear of flying, a fear of spiders, a fear of snakes, a fear of heights, whatever fears are fears. And they are not, you, you can't really I- explain them <laughs> They're I mean, they're not, it's not your logical side of your brain, um, uh, speaking to you. But if fears are, you know, some people don't have them, some do. It's just, it is what it is. And uh, so anyway, so I hope this helps someone, um, even if it just helps one person, I am thrilled because it's, it's, it's worth talking about. It might help you. And honestly, like I said, I'm not a therapist at all, but I'd be thrilled to talk to anyone about this. Um, feel free to message me or email me, whatever you want to do. That helps you. Like, I'm happy to help because I, I, I get it. I could not be more empathetic towards those who feel this way because I am too. I'm just like you. I could not understand, I could not understand it more. I can't even describe to you how much I understand it because it, I have it. It's not, it's not just like someone speaking to it. Like even these instructors, yes, it helps these fear flying instructors. They totally help and they're wonderful, but they don't have the fear. So <laughs> there's something to be said about speaking to someone who, who, who gets it because they have that same fear. So anyway, you're totally feel free to email me or whatever you want to do. I'm happy to talk to you about it. If that might help, uh, but again, not a therapist, so not claiming to be. So anyway, I hope this helps someone. And and that's, I think, all I have to say on that for right now. So I hope you enjoyed this first solo episode of mine. I have no idea if I'm going to do another solo episode again. Um, I just thought this one, it really made sense to do it because I just think it would come, it would just be a better situation than having someone ask me questions and chop up the conversation. Cause I didn't really, I, I, well, none of my podcasts have been scripted at all, but this was definitely nothing was written down. So I just kind of wanted to speak from my heart. Oh God, that sounded cheesy, but just kind of speak from an open, honest, real place without any, um, any, any notes written down or anything. So that's what I chose to do. So anyway, I hope, uh, I hope this helped. I hope 
you enjoyed. And I make sure if you haven't already to uh, subscribe to hashtag no filter podcast right now, you can, um, if you have an iPhone, iTunes and all that, you, you get it through the, of course, podcast uh, app on the iPhone and all that. If you don't, it's you can find it on SoundCloud. I know that's kind of like what, but I, I'm still in the beginning stages of all this. So I'm trying to like, I'm still trying to figure it all out. That new branding I keep speaking of will be done very soon. We're on like our last round of edits as I, as I speak right now. And so be sure to subscribe and download the episodes. And I would love for you to rate them um, or just give the podcast in general a rating or a review. It really, really helps. So please um, subscribe and tell your friends and pass it along. And uh, you can... Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Julie Lauren 14 and on Facebook. My page is by Julie Lauren, B Y Julie Lauren. But the easiest way, if you want to DM me about any of this, um, would be Instagram probably at Julie Lauren 14. You can also always email me Julie at Julie And I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will speak to you all very soon. Bye. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, COVID continues to reshape the law. Supreme Court arguments will be held by teleconference. The justices won't even know if the lawyers are wearing pants, which is fair given the eternal mystery of what's under those black robes. Los Angeles County is springing 25% of its inmates. The sheriff suggests folks get ready for what might be a spike in crime. Check it all out on the next episode of Too Many Lawyers. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.